my friend. Thanks so much for coming out. I tell you what, I'm going to let you find a nice calm station to play while we hang out here by the fire. I'm going to run back inside and get the carafe of coffee. I'll be right back. Hey, you're listening to Rocks, God, the world and other things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. Wow, this is season 17, episode 356. Title, Starstruck. Subtitle, More Uplifting Verses on Creation. 1 Samuel chapter 2 begins with Hannah's triumphant prayer to the Lord at the sanctuary in Shiloh. This poetic declaration of praise is Hannah's response to the Lord's gift. In her barrenness, the Lord had heard her cries and she obtained a son. Hannah's prayer begins briefly with her own response to God. After this, Hannah focuses completely on the Lord. I encourage you, my friend, to take the time to read her prayer for yourself in total. You will be amazed at how developed her thoughts were of God and His creation. She was a woman of deep dedication to God, and her prayers showed it. In verse 8, she prays, He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the trash heap. He seats them with noblemen and gives them a throne of honor. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's. He has set the world on them. I've got a question for you. How did this Hebrew woman 3,000 years ago understand that the Creator exists and is the one who has fixed the earth in its place that you and I now know is in a vacuum, while at the same time of maintaining impeccable stability in time and space throughout the millennia while hurling through space in its 365-day journey around the sun, spinning and rotating at a speed of about 1,000 miles per hour and orbiting around the sun at a speed of about 67,000 miles per hour. And we think a Tesla is fast off the starting blocks. She knew this about the God of creation and his ways because this is the type of wisdom and insight that is infused into the beings of people who honor and worship the God of creation. In 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 15, King Hezekiah, the ruler of Judah at the end of the 8th century BC, which was the southern kingdom of the divided nation of Israel at that time, he found Judah in a dire situation as the powerful Assyrian army led by King Sennacherib began surrounding Jerusalem. Faced with this grave threat, Hezekiah goes to the temple of the Lord and spreads out a threatening letter before the presence of God, which he received from Sennacherib, urging Hezekiah to surrender, claiming the impotency of God to rescue Judah. Hezekiah pleads with God for help and intervention, acknowledging God's sovereignty and power. This prayer reflects the king's faith and trust in God's ability to protect Jerusalem and deliver his people from the Assyrian threat. In 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 15, we see where Hezekiah found the faith to believe that God could resolve this oppressive and dangerous situation. It says that Hezekiah prayed before the Lord, Lord God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim. You are God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. You made the heavens and the earth. Hezekiah's declaration affirmed that God alone is over all the kingdoms of the earth, not just the Jews. It also reveals the impact for stability amid a terrible national storm when the one to whom you pray is also the one who made both you and all the world you live in. First Chronicles 16.26 says, For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. This verse underscores the monotheistic belief of the Israelites, emphasizing that the gods of the nations are mere idols, while the Lord, Yahweh, the God of Israel, is the one true God who created the heavens. It reflects the core theological concept of the exclusivity and supremacy 
of the God of Israel, and that he alone is creator, and there is no other. Second Chronicles chapter 2, verse 12 reads, Hiram also said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who made the heavens and the earth. He gave King David a wise son, with insight and understanding, who will build a temple for the Lord and a royal palace for himself. This verse is a part of a passage that deals with King Solomon's preparations for building the first temple in Jerusalem. One of his key actions is reaching out to Hiram, the king of Tyre, to secure building materials, particularly cedar and cypress wood, as well as skilled craftsmen for the construction of the temple. Hiram, a non-Hebrew, acknowledges the God of Israel as the creator of heaven and earth and offers praise to him and acknowledges the Lord's role in the project of building the temple. It echoes the verses that the Apostle Paul will write that God's presence and intimate power in his creation is visible for all to see and know. In Romans chapter 1, the Apostle Paul writes, starting in verse 18, For God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth, since what can be known about God is evident among them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. As a result, people are without excuse. For though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. Nehemiah 9 is a significant chapter that reflects a spiritual revival among the people of Israel and a solemn moment of confession, repentance, and commitment among the returned exiles. It reviews their history, acknowledges God's faithfulness, and seeks His mercy and guidance as they seek to rebuild Jerusalem and renew their covenant relationship with God. In Nehemiah 9, verses 5 and 6, it says, Blessed be your glorious name, and may it be exalted above all blessing and praise. You, Lord, are the only God. You created the heavens, the highest heavens with all their stars, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to all of them, and all the stars of heaven worship you. Wow, my friend, what peace and power we experience when we do what repentant, blessed people did thousands of years ago. When we turn our hearts to the only God, who is Lord over everything, and stop to give Him the blessing, praise, and honor His glorious name deserves. We stop in the midst of all the turbulence of this life and confess that God is the creator of the universe, which means he is transcendent. He is beyond all that there is, but at the same time, he is intimately imminent here with us. It says the giver of all life that there is in his creation, to the point that countless numbers of stars of heaven worship him. I tell you, for a moment, I thought I threw a wrench in the working gears of ChatGPT. I asked the AI working model, how many stars are there in the universe? It stalled and gave no answer. I asked it the same question again. It finally responded, The exact number of stars in the universe is not known and may never be precisely determined. The universe is incredibly vast, and there are billions of galaxies, each containing billions to trillions of stars. Now let me stop right here and say that we just read that the stars worship God, yet we don't even know the exact numbers of stars but we know that there are galaxies containing billions to trillions of stars. ChatGPT goes on to say that the observable universe, which is the part of the universe we can observe with our telescopes, is estimated to contain more than 2 trillion galaxies. 
Our Milky Way galaxy alone contains hundreds of billions of stars. When you multiply the number of galaxies by the average number of stars in each galaxy, you arrive at an astronomical number of stars in the observable universe estimated to be in the hundreds of billions of trillions. Let me say that again. Estimated to be in the hundreds of billions of trillions. Beyond the observable universe, there is more universe beyond what we can currently observe, but we cannot see it due to the limitations of the speed of light. My friend, in modern smug arrogance, our present slate of scientists and world leaders profess to know so much. They think they have the inner workings of this planet figured out, and they are going to save us all from ecological ruin. The most elite, like Elon, have given up hope on the long-range survival of this blue planet, vigorously touting the nonsense that our only hope is a reboot of Earth 2.0 on some dark, barren, lonely sphere in this Milky Way galaxy. The overwhelming oppressiveness of the perpetually black sky alone would be enough to eventually make you want to commit suicide. It would be like living in the middle of the Pacific Ocean at night perpetually without even a moon to give its light. Have you ever been there on the open ocean in the middle of a black night and experienced it? It's massively oppressive. Sure, we could contrive some artificial sky like the painted ceilings in the casinos of Vegas. I've seen the videos of the casinos that out these immaculately painted sky scenes on their ceilings, but would you want to live that way for the rest of your life? Wow, if they could just read the Bible, they would learn what happens in the future to this blue planet. They would come to the humble conclusion that they can't even tell us what is at the bottom of the Mariana Trench, much less solve the mysteries of God's creation. Oh, they've done some sonar work at the bottom now, but do they know what is in every square inch of the 1,500-mile-long, 43-mile-wide, 36,000-foot-deep trench? The deepest point is 1.2 miles farther from the sea level than the peak of Mount Everest would be if it was cast into the sea. The volume of the trench alone is approximately 462,272.7272 cubic miles. Take a cubic mile and multiply that by 462,272.7272. They have no clue what is in that seven-mile deep trench. Who knows? The abyss spoken of in the Bible might be there. I say that facetiously, but my friend, think about it. They don't have a clue, yet they are going to save or prolong the life of this planet. What an affront to the holy creator God. They can't tell us what is in every crack and crevice in the hoodoos of Utah. They can't tell us what is really in the core of the earth. And they sure can't tell us what the number of stars in the universe is. But the creation of God, the uncountable stars that he placed in the sky by calling them forth into existence in a moment in time, cry out in worship to God, their creator. My friend, you and I could learn a lot from a star. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace. Peace.